run. Hello and welcome to another episode of Here's What You Could Have Run. Normally I talk one-on-one to previous entrants of races to give you a runner's view of an event. But this episode we're going to do things a little bit differently. And instead I'm going to talk directly to David Bailey, the race director of Enigma Running, to give you an overview of the events that Enigma Running offer, how the race company was started and a bit of an insight into the man behind the company. David is no stranger to run himself and is a multiple finisher of the Brasse 10 in 10, which is a long running charity event where competitors run a marathon every day for 10 days around Lake Windermere. He's also run many hundreds of marathons outside of that, so he certainly knows what he's talking about when it comes to races. Right, with me now is David Bailey from Enigma Running, who's joining us to talk about uh, running his own marathon events company. So, David, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Uh, just as a way of introduction, you want to tell us a bit about yourself, how you got into running, what's kind of your running CV, and then move on to how you set up Enigma Running. Um, I kind of started running a little bit by accident um, by running the New York City Marathon, um, which was partly due to entering a competition that I didn't win uh, <laughs> and then being invited to run as part of a team for breast cancer care with uh, Lorraine Kelly. So you accidentally um, ended up running a marathon? Yes. <laughs> yes, because I lost a competition. Um, it meant I could get to New York for my birthday. I thought, well, it's kind of meant to be. So um, after I'd entered in the February, I went for my first run in May. Um, the charity sent me a five-month training plan, six days a week, which I stuck too rigidly. Six days quite a lot for beginner, isn't it, really? Looking back, yeah, I mean, the very first run was day one was five minutes, and by the weekend it was ten minutes, and that went up, whereas each Monday would go up by one minute, mm. and then the, the end of the week run would go up by five minutes. So by week five, it was five minutes on a Monday, 25 minutes on a, on a Sunday. Oh, gradual then, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was a five and a half month training plan, and I... I I would say I followed it exactly, but I didn't. I got halfway through and I changed it because I increased it because I didn't think it was sufficient. Ah, sure. Um, well, I, I, only by a little, I increased everything by 10%. So, what, you know, a 30 minute run was a 33 and a 66 minute, a 60 minute run an hour was a 66. So, but I didn't do in three and a half hours for my long run, which not knowing distance at the time was 25 miles. <laughs> if, I'd known, if I'd have known that at the time, I might have uh, gone for a a better time at the marathon yeah so some of the more advanced training plans have 25 miles for long runs but beginner ones very rarely go over 20 do they but all my training plan was by time yeah. not by distance and i didn't have one of these fancy gps watches or that sort of stuff in those days it was a, a timex so how many watch. many years ago was this was it back in the days of dinosaurs or was it black and white yeah yeah <laughs> black and white pictures you know yeah. david bedford 118 all that sort of thing. Um, no, not that far back. Uh, 2005. Okay, 2005. Fair. Fair bit before me. Well, I started in 2011. I didn't have a Garmin for the first year or so, so everyone was using dodgy watch counting, like pedometers and variations on that, don't they? People who start now are a bit spoiled with having, you know, instant splits all the way around and everything. Yeah, I used to have to rely on the, the boards I saw with the miles on and then do a, a clever bit of maths in my head and work out 
yeah. how far I'd got, how far I got to go, and that sort of thing. Um, how did you get on your first New York then? Well, I'd set myself about four different goals. Um, <laughs> the first one being to finish it. Um, the training plan was to run a sub five marathon. Um, so my the first goal was to finish. My second goal was I thought I might tire. That might be optimistic. So I was to run five and a half hours. Then yes, sub five. And then about a fortnight before, I bumped into a bloke I used to work with who'd done who'd done one marathon, and he'd done London, and he'd gone round in four fifty five, and that kind of just stuck in my head that it'd be nice to beat Paul. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I ran a 4.53 and I beat Paul. Well, and, that's, uh, that's all you need, isn't it? It was good enough, just. <laughs> and um, so did you uh, instantly try and do more or was it, you know, did the bug hit got, you or did you sit back? I got, well, I got to about 16 miles on that first run and thought, I'm never doing this again. Just survive this, just get to the end. And then in the airport at JFK flying back, I picked up a copy of Runner's World. Um, and started flicking through and saw this, these marathons and thought I could do one of these every six months and see somewhere nice a nice city uh, so, nice true, yeah. um, so that, that the idea was I'd do one in the April time and one sort of September October and so I got back and within 48 hours I booked my second marathon uh, which was Paris um, and then I thought I can do perhaps um, what was I going to do they got cancelled Budapest I was going to do, but it got cancelled due to a political uprising. Um, but that too ended up being five that year. So I went to Paris, to Edinburgh, um, to Nottingham, uh, my first English marathon. Um, and then I went to Amsterdam in place of Budapest and finished off the year in Florence. So I... So you you went in quite hard then? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all relative because be, a lot more people are going a lot more hardcore from the beginning these True, days but I, yeah back then i bet that's a lot rarer to do even more than like I two suppose, a year i suppose it's one of those things whereby at the time in running with the people i got to subsequently know it wouldn't be considered hardcore but when you're working in a bank and you've done five marathons in a year yeah. people think something <laughs> crazy so it's it's all relative to the company you keep i guess yeah. and how many marathons are you up to now uh, I, I've got one for this year, and that might end up being one for this year. So three, <laughs> three hundred and forty-five. Look at that. See, not quite on the three fifty this year at the minute. That was the plan to get to three fifty in New York, where I started. But we'll see. Ah, dear. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I might see you in New York if it happens. But yeah, I'm, if it happens, I'll be there. If it doesn't. I mean, I'm November's right. still a fair way off, but it's a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll have to see how that pans out. Um, I've lost out on Manchester, Milton Keynes and London, although I am in for the return dates for Milton Keynes and London. Oh, uh, Manchester doesn't know. work. How long is Manchester this year? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? It, it might, might be, be nice short one for the Who knows? Who knows? I've never had the, uh, the chance to do it, unfortunately. No, me neither. So um, you did load the race for yourself then, and how do you end up, uh, well... When you work in a bank, how do you end up starting an events company and doing marathons? Again, kind of by accident, I guess. Um, I was running the Braith A 10 in 10. Um, I'd signed up for that for 2009. Um, and I'd be able to raise the money, no problem, because it was something different and new, unique. And then the following year, I wanted to go back and do it again. Um, and when you've done something once, mm. people know you can do it. So the incentive to sponsor you 
on the off chance that you can't do it, is gone. The challenge yeah. for people looking at you is like, when you can do it. So I decided to stage a small race, um, setting out from the Caldicott Arms Club um, mm. to Grove Lock in Leighton Buzzard and back, um, which measured in the region of 26 and a half miles. Some might say close to 27, but <laughs> it certainly wasn't sure if we'll say no that much. Yeah. Um, no. Um, and we had, we had 30 people and the money went towards the charity I was fundraising for. Um, so I decided to host a couple more. Um, and then a couple of years later, once my fundraising commitments were over, I was basically going to stop. There was, you know, it wasn't something I was going to carry on. Yeah. Um, but then a few people said, well, why don't you carry on? We enjoy, we enjoy, we enjoy your events. Um, we want to come and come and run more and more marathons. You give us the chance to run more and more. And you're, you know, I started a couple of multiple races by then mm. and people were really starting to chase the numbers and the hundred club and, um, various other bodies were encouraging people to do more and more numbers. Um, so I thought, okay, I'll, I will then. Um, obviously, I completed my charity fundraising commitments. Um, so I started a few, a few races, and races went from being, I don't know, four or five a year to double that. Numbers increased. Um, uh, it was getting in the region between 60 and 80 at, at, on occasions. Um, and so I carried on doing that for another... Uh, when did I quit the bank? Um, I've been doing this now for 10 years and I did three years of the two, combined the two roles. Um, but since 2013, this has been what I've been doing for a living. Full time, Greg. Yeah. Cool. And then for anyone that doesn't know, Enigma is uh, events based around Milton Keynes, aren't they? So. Yeah. Um, these days we, we have um, uh, lap based events around Milton Keynes Lakes, um, which means they're traffic free courses. Um, with simple logistics, um, each lap in the re depending on the course between three and three and a half miles, generally speaking, unless you uh, sign up for a round first and then to <laughs> a few more laps. Um, so uh, yeah, um, they, they seem quite popular. Um, people seem to enjoy them, and we we have a bit of fun with the people. And yeah, it's it's an enjoyable way to make a living. And what's the sort of fairly events then if someone's not done one before and perhaps they've only um, done something like London before, what are they going to feel that's different to one of your events? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they're, <laughs> they're not, not going to have somebody throwing bottles of water at them every mile. Um, yeah. They're not going to have two million people on the course hanging out of pubs, playing yeah. Eye of the Tiger so, and Chariots of Fire. They're not but they have to go them. to an expo and run down a hall in the middle of nowhere to pick up the bib. No, you don't. You don't have to go to the, the back end of nowhere. You're <laughs> getting about three tubes and stay overnight the night before. Oh, that's um, good. You can simply turn up half an hour, three quarters of an hour before the start, or even two minutes if you're Mark Atkinson. Well, yeah, he he's famously known. With that long journey you have to make. It's true. Um, so yeah, I mean, they're, they're quite social events. Um, mm. Having said that, we do have people at the sharp end as well. Um, you know, the likes of in the past, um, Steve Edwards, um, Andy Nice, John Godfrey, you know, some pasty fellas at the front. Didn't you have um, a recent course PB at Willem, was it? Didn't someone get like 247? I like they say recently. The course, the course record on all of them is Andy Nice. Andy Nice ran a 242 at um, Willem. Ooh, probably about five or six years ago, I would speculate now. Ouch. Um, Although the ultimate Milton Keynes Enigma record is Adam Holland. He ran a 2.37 on yeah. the track of Stanfordbury. He, he's a bit nippy, isn't he, Adam? 
He is very. I mean, he's, he's yeah. now under two and a half hours, so yes, he's a yeah, he's ridiculous. Damn youngsters. Yeah. <laughs> he's so, not yeah, that young anymore, is he? He's getting old. He's still not getting slower, so. No, no. Um, but uh, yeah, we we have we do have people at the sharp end, but we, equally we have uh, social elements. You know, um, what's your kind of course cut off normally? Um, we have a seven-hour cut-off um, for most marathons. I will say um, during the summer months we tend to do an afternoon half marathon on a Saturday afternoon. So in which case, if people do want to take longer, they have that opportunity because they can run into the, the time that the half marathon runs are out there as well. Um, so there is an opportunity for people who do need longer if, if they okay. wanted longer. And so you most of yours weekends or weekdays or how do you split um, I, w- I would say it's probably three quarters weekends and a quarter are, are weekdays. Um, although a big part of the weekday events are the multiple events we stage. So we stage a quadzilla, which is four marathons in four days, which starts on a Thursday every year. And then we do our week at the knees which we managed to just squeeze in just before lockdown. I think we, <laughs> we got it finished 48 hours before lockdown. Oh, well done. Yeah, Good well, planning, that was. Uh, or luck. <laughs> One <laughs> of the two. Yeah. So uh, we also do a, a midweek triple in um, October where we tackle uh, uh, one of the lakes each of the days. So we have one day at First and one day at Willen and um, one day at Coldcott as our three lakes challenge. Um, we are looking at, at new and varied routes, but there's obviously different things to consider there with regards to somewhere to be able to give out the numbers, toilets, cafe facilities, um, roads, traffic, traffic-free courses, that kind of thing. So it's it's not yeah, as simple. I have to say the, yeah, traffic just adds that element, doesn't it? It's nice just to be able to turn off and run and not worry about road crossings and stuff, isn't it? I, indeed, and it, it does add an extra an extra level of hassle and headache for anyone race directing when you're putting in rows or potentially having to police them, marshal them, uh, get permissions, those kinds of things. And for the quadrant in the week at Nice, do you get anything special if you complete all of them? Yeah, um, well, with each of the races, um, the quadzilla and the um, week at the knees at present, the medals are interlocking. So at the moment for this year, um, quadzilla, the four medals came together to form a roundabout as anybody who comes and runs in Milton Keynes bangs <laughs> on about either concrete cows or roundabouts. Exactly. So we thought we'd, we'd give a roundabout to take home. And also for the Quadzilla, we give people a survivor's hoodie. So they get um, hooded sweatshirts, um, and on the back it'll say how many times they've completed the event. Um, and this year we had our first gentleman complete um, all 10 of them. Um, Mr. Paul Barton from Master Mortain completed all 10. So yes. uh, first person <laughs> to do that. So there is a challenge to, to get the next year's hoodie for five times or six times because you've got a different colour. Um, so, yeah, Paul's the only one currently with the, a royal blue well, one. <laughs> cool. So you said you do marathon, you do halves as well. Um, obviously, a lot of other event organisers now are doing things like six-hour events where you just have to run one lap or as many as you like. How come you went for marathons and not the lap event approach or...? Preference. Um, it is something I've considered. Um, I think the, the issue I have slightly there is that the marathon is seven and a bit laps, which means to start a half marathon, I couldn't start them in the same place. No. So if I was to start at the marathon start, anybody doing a half marathon is going to be doing 15 or more miles, or they're going to be doing <laughs> sort of just short of 12. 
Yeah. So it doesn't re- it doesn't really fit for the for the distance in that respect. Although having said that, we have we have reviewed the idea of um, a turnaround point. So we have looked at the idea whereby a marathon and half will start at the same time. Um, and there is going to be a turnaround point on the far side of the lake. Um, We we experimented with that last year, and we had, I think, three or four people took that option um, who were due to do the marathon and took the the option of dropping down to a half. So it's something that we were going to look at more so from Easter onwards, Um, but obviously our Easter event's been forced to be postponed till next year, Um, and with the summer schedule at this point, who knows? We really no, don't know exactly. what's the situation there. I mean, like you said, you're sort of more in the sort of 60, 70. So when events do start coming back, I do expect it to be the smaller ones that come back first where you can do, you know, isolation, maybe even staggered starts. Have you looked at stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, I have been, I mean, I don't know what's going to be allowable to do, but if there's some sort of look, rules whereby it's 10 people in one place, could we do a start with 10 people? And an hour later, I start with another 10 people. Mm. I really don't know. It's going to be uh, a, a case of what, what people are going to be happy doing and indeed what, what the government allow us to do with regards to, to numbers. But yeah, I mean, I mean I've been looking at some of the suggestions um, with the football and the Premier League and that they've really been brainstorming all sorts of crazy ideas, which some you think, well, that's just madness. But you've got to sort of throw these ideas out, out there and and then start crossing them off and thinking, well, that can't work because of this, or this can work for that reason. So mm. certainly open to all suggestions, and we'll see how that pans out. Um, but until they turn around and allow a certain number of people in one space, it's all a mute point at this point in time. Unless um, we all get and married and then we'd be close family and it'd be all right. Well... <laughs> Well, I, d- I don't know. I mean, it sounds a bit like deliverance to me, but uh, <laughs> <It's not laughs> um, but with what you were saying with large events, I mean, something like the London Marathon, surely I would expect that's the very last step. Yeah, that's just a bit nightmare, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's not just the 40,000 running. It's the potential of a million people, possibly more than that if it's a warm day, hanging out of pubs um, on the side of streets. It's the marshals. Uh, obviously, um, the XL Centre is not mm. available at the moment, as it's the Nightingale taking place as the Nightingale Hospital for the moment. So, having said that, if if that it was opened up, they could use Wembley Arena. There's enough places they can use in London. Well, they could maybe post out numbers and be really innovative, you know. Well, that's one option, <laughs> but I'm going to guess the retailers who attend these expos. Um, and the money they generate, and the money they bring in is um, yeah. crucial to the event, I would suspect. Exactly. Um, money seems to uh, pull a lot of strings these days. Cool. And um, you've been expanding 5Ks as well recently? Yeah, uh, well, we, we started doing 5Ks um, last week, last year, sorry. We started doing 5Ks, um, mainly on the Monday nights, uh, and mainly at first and lake. Um, the lake lends itself well because it's a mile and a half per lap. So for 5K, it's a fraction over two laps. Um, and it's, it's a pretty good terrain. Um, although we have done some at Caldecott as well. Um, but unfortunately, that's been knocked on the head of late, um, which has, mean, has meant we've been branching out into virtual runs, um, which seem to be popular. Mm. Um, people seem to enjoy the fact they've still got a challenge. They've still got something to aim for in a time where it'd be very easy to just put your feet up 
grab a six pack and watch Netflix. No, uh, I think that's it, isn't it? Because like you said, none of the races are guaranteed. So it's not even like if you've got a London spot, you can focus on that because it probably won't happen. So what race do you focus on? So yeah, you need some. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're publishing leaderboards every week. And so people can see where their mates are on the leaderboard and think, oh, I could do that. I could beat John. I could beat Steve. I could finish ahead of Fiona or whatever it may be. So there is, you know, a bit of an incentive in that respect for people. Um, some people seem to be embracing that idea. Yeah, no, no, I've, yeah, I think virtual's not really appealed before the lockdown, but it certainly now is getting, yeah, more and more appealing. Well, if I'm totally honest, it's not something I'd ever considered doing myself. Mm. Um, but situations change, and so you have to think outside the box. And think, yeah. What, what do people want? What can we offer <laughs> exactly. them? Exactly. Cool. Um, so that's kind of how you're trying to cope with COVID-19 and I presume you're just watching and seeing what happens with regards to getting races back. Yeah, um, obviously I'm keeping an eye on yeah, what the government are suggesting and what they're trying to come up with. And yeah, just a case of not, not knowing how long things are going to be the way they are. Um, and yeah, just sitting tight, waiting and seeing really. And are you kind of on your own on that, or is there like a secret underworld group of race directors who sit on video conferences, twiddle their thumbs, and talk about plans? Mm, well, if there are, I'm not a part of that. <laughs> oh, so I, don't shame. Um, I, I, I email um, one friend who is uh, in a similar situation to myself, yeah. and, and we we chat every week or so about various various things and various ideas and and that kind of thing. But no, I'm not really. Uh, a part of a community where we're, we're discussing things going backwards and forwards. It's, yeah, okay. I guess it'd be interesting the first the first race that does happen, everyone will be watching, won't they? To see, yeah, yeah how I it's mean, managed and how it goes down. Yeah, I mean, it's the not it's the not knowing, um, and I say a lot will depend on what numbers are allowed, and then then you've got to consider, you know, have you are you going to have to have runners in gloves, in masks? Um, then mm. what happens with regards to aid stations, and you know. Are you going to be staging races but socially distancing, which, which I suppose can be done? Um, there's very few places, I will say, on our courses where you can't overtake somebody and take a, a two meter wide berth to go around them. Yeah, there are a few places, and then then it's obviously down to just having to wait until there is a, a wider section to, to overtake. Okay. So I can see some scope for it, but. I'm not going to put any runners in any any way, shape, or form in for danger because I don't. Uh, I no. don't think that's the way to proceed yeah. at all. Um, but we will follow government guidelines, and what the government say we can do, we'll do. What the government say we can't do, we won't do. Um, I think that's pretty much. Space, then, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've got people asking me, you know, is this race taking place in, at this time? Is this race taking place at that time? I'm saying, at the moment, as, until we hear differently, yes. Mm. Will it? Will 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 I cancel? I don't know. Possibly. You know, it's it's how long is a piece of string to to, to turn around and say what the situation is going to be like in September? I don't think anybody can make that judgment at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, Boris did say in a speech today about he's you know at some point in the future he wants to get the hospitality industry going again, but that's a bit vague on when and yeah. what is that? What? You know, is that a cafe? Is that a run events company? Is that uh, all you can eat buffet with 400 people it's yeah yeah I, I mean I did look at the uh, the Spanish suggestion a week or so back and they were looking to have outdoor cafes open with social mm. distancing and a capacity of 50% by the 22nd of June 
Oh, not far so, off, but that's obviously outdoor only um, and it's at half capacity and obviously they're a little bit ahead of us I would guess yeah. um, so who knows that perhaps by the end of July we could be in a similar boat Hopefully, but yeah. then again it depends on what happens in Spain the next two or three weeks up until that date <laughs> as to whether things escalate whether there's a second spike who knows I guess people will be monitoring the figures closely Cool, and if people have wanted to uh, have a look at Enigma running and sort of follow latest announcements on races and stuff, where's the best place to do that? Um, best place is our Facebook page, which is very simply at Enigma Running. Excellent. Um, or the website, and the website is www.enigmarunning.co.uk. Very um, I would say with things evolving as they have been of late, that Facebook is probably the more instant place for news um, and find out what's happening. Um, we're, we're announcing our launches of uh, any of our 5K virtual races there. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where the main news source is. Um, I've never managed to get into Twitter. I use it very occasionally <laughs> and it just it's just not something I've really got into, I suppose. Yeah, I like Twitter, but then I've never managed to get into Instagram. I think people have... I don't need any more things to get into. No. <laughs> I'm into Zoom now. I've never used Zoom before. That's something go. new. <laughs> it's the future. I think it's half my life on it at the minute with varying work calls and online fitness classes and stuff. <laughs> there you, go. you could do online uh, Zoom marathons, get everyone a treadmill at home, set your laptop right. up, and you could just race direct from your kitchen with a pack of beers. Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> I have been doing a bit of... Um, yoga with my lad we've been doing oh, cosmic yoga so that's been that's been uh, interesting we did a, a star wars themed yoga which was uh oh, someone else mentioned that yeah <laughs> no uh, I, i'm struggling to get my kids out but we're doing the best we can yeah um i'm not getting up in time for joe wicks lately <laughs> no well apparently it's uh it's now his wife so there's more incentive to get up all oh, right okay. <laughs> I don't know what his <laughs> wife looks like. <laughs> no, nor do I. I've just heard someone else. I'm also busy working at that point, but yeah, cool. And then before you go, um, a notable thing: I, I hear that you've got a world record. I did have a world record. Oh, I believe it's oh. I believe it's subsequently been broken. Um, but I was indeed the fastest person to run a marathon dressed as a lifeguard. Brilliant. Um, I ran London in 2011. Um, in the whole Baywatch regalia, so as the Hoff, so to speak, I got my my whistle and my uh, my float, so I could. And was it just in the speedos and nothing else then? No, I, I had beach shorts on. I'm uh, I didn't want to surprise people too much with a pair of speedos. <laughs> um, plus, there's a lot to chase. True, that's definitely a good point. And yeah, <laughs> I think the lubricants weren't as good back then either. I know, and had a body glide <laughs> or anything did. like that. No, but uh, it was a fun day out around London. I got loads of uh, loads of shouts, and obviously it was a, a charity thing as well. So it was, uh, yeah, uh, be good to get back to London. Yeah, at some point. <laughs> yes, at some point. Yes. Cool. And so, outside of uh, your events, then, what is your favourite race you've ever done? Oh, so difficult to because I've done such a variety to com to compare. You, you're almost comparing chalk with cheese. Um, I will say doing the Braithay 10 in 10 and running laps of Lake Windermere is beautiful, scenic. Um, I've really enjoyed that. Obviously, the challenge as well. Um, outside of that, 
Um, Comrades Ultramarathon, uh, 56 miles across South Africa. That was uh, that's quite special and finishing in front of 50,000 people in a cricket stadium. Um, yeah, I want to do that at some point, obviously, whenever it comes yeah, back. Exactly. So that that's that's quite big, and it's it's one of those races that just takes over the whole city. Um, everybody flies in, and it's it's yeah, it's a big deal. Um, I mean, I've enjoyed the majors. I've done all the majors. Um, really enjoy Chicago. Love Chicago as a city. It's a great race. Um, yeah, I was with you this year or last year for it, wasn't I? I know. I don't remember all of that weekend, but it, what I do remember it was good. Yeah, I remember bits. <laughs> it got more vague as the night got longer. And exactly. It more. Um, and then for Europe, um, Florence. Florence is both a beautiful city, beautiful marathon, a fast marathon. Mm. Um, happens to be my PB. So it's, yeah, I, I like Florence as a city and a marathon. And your PB is? 309. That's correct. Well done. But that was a long time ago. <laughs> there's, black, there's black and white movie tone pictures of it. Uh, oh, miles were short back then, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, it was those 25-mile marathons they used to run in green. Oh, time. yeah, before the queen <laughs> asked it to be launched. They got some Mancunian to measure it. Exactly. <laughs> cool. On the flip side then, either worst race or things that annoy you most about a race, if you don't want to name and shame anyone. Um... I mean, I, I've done events where I've had to navigate, um, which has been a variety of ways of navigating. I'm, I'm not a fan of races with written instructions, you know, turn left at the third tree, go over the gate, cross the stream. They're, they're not always to... even that clear, are they? Sometimes it's well, shorthand, no, it's like, so it's TL at DR. Tree. And... Is that a tree? Well, it's yeah. not a very big tree. <laughs> and then there's a tree that's blown over. So is it that tree or the next tree? So I'm not, I'm not a fan of having to navigate myself around races, which... I, I did do in the early days. It was, you know, I, I did enjoy the social side of that, but, you know, trudging around for longer than I'd be out where I can just put my head down and concentrate and running, they're, they're yeah. not my favourite. Fair play to anyone who chooses to do them, each their own. Um, they're just not my cup of tea. Um, okay. But people who do them, good luck to them. It's not, just not my thing. Um, things that annoy me about races? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite flexible. I know, I know some people will debate things like cups and bottles and, Mm. You know, we ask him, is it cups or is it bottles? I'm thinking, I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> Whatever's there, I will have. Yeah, you'll find out when you get to the station. Bottles, I'll have bottles. You know, there are pros and cons for both. Cups aren't the easiest to drink from. Discarded bottles can break your ankles. So True. <laughs> there's good and bad on both sides of that equation. So yeah. whatever it is, it is. Cool. And as you've obviously done uh, more marathon maple of hot dinners, any advice for anyone just starting out a marathon running from a master like yourself? I just enjoy it. Um, a lot of people perhaps do these days get hung up on numbers instead of just going out and enjoying it and enjoying each race for itself. Enjoy the social side of it. Challenge yourself, yes. Mm. Um, but I, for me, when I was starting out, the thing I, I decided on was always set yourself three or four goals. So you've always got a challenge to go for. But if you don't, if you don't get your, your plan A or plan B, You've got plan C and you've got, you've got something to fall back on and some level of achievement where it may not be what, quite what you wanted. And in, indeed, you can then use that as a motivator next time out. Good advice. <laughs> Excellent. Cool. Well, thank you much for coming on. And yeah, as you said, anyone wants to look at Enigma running, Facebook's the best place to look. So 
yeah, best of luck for the future, and we hope we uh, get back to racing soon. Indeed. Thank you very much, Mark. Thanks for listening, and please check out Enigma Running on Facebook. Please drop me a line if there's any other races or event companies that you'd like to see featured. Uh, I'll be back soon with another podcast featuring the North Downs Way 50. Game over.